0: In the rapidly changing world, healthcare needs are constantly evolving and clinicians need to find new ways to deliver care. And often the best way to do that is by looking back. Without Marie Curie, there would be no pioneering improvements to medical imaging today. If Edward Jenner didn't inoculate a 13 year old with cowpox, there wouldn't even be a space for Professor Ian Fraser's cervical cancer vaccine. Our clinicians are standing on the shoulders of those who came before them, learning, growing and advancing. Hindsight isn't 2020, it's our future. As budgets tighten and the burden on the health system increases, local services need to be creative in finding new ways to deliver care. But what's the key to success in this rapidly changing environment? Improving services to meet the specific needs of their local community. While a name may lull you into a false sense of hunger, the battle between jelly and foam has nothing to do with the kitchen, and everything to do with improving intraoperative imaging. Hannah and Sasha from Children's Health Queensland joined us to discuss how position aids impact image quality and why exploring their strengths and weaknesses is so important.
1: It is well known that children are more radiosensitive than adults. This is because children are growing, so their cells are rapidly dividing, so anything was to go wrong, we're gonna see the effects much sooner than you would in adults. Importance of minimizing patient doses in a pediatric facility is therefore increased. The Queensland Children's Hospital endeavours to be recognised as a leader in radiation safety and quality paediatric imaging. In all modalities within medical imaging and nuclear medicine, one of our main goals is dose optimisation, and we consider this to be a form of patient care. All radiographers will know and abide by the ALARA principle, which stands for as low as reasonably achievable, and this is what drives our profession to always be optimising our techniques as technology and research improves. In the operating theatre, medical imaging is a small but significant part of the multidisciplinary team. We work closely with most professions and specialties. Each has unique imaging requirements. In order for patients to get the best outcomes, each member of the team must work in a collaborative manner and we take on any feedback if there is room for improvement. Due to the nature of the operating theatre environment, medical imaging staff are not required until a procedure is already underway. Prior to the project, staff would set up the patient using these jelly aids, and in their minds, they're not made of metal, so you can get your x-rays through them. Once in position, the patient then draped, they start their procedure, they call the radiographer, we come up and we do the imaging, and we've got no idea what's going on underneath those drapes. So this scenario is happening time and time again, until one day a theatre radiographer witnessed the setup, saw this whopping big, giant, thick jelly being placed underneath the patient, and they were shocked and you may be wondering what the big deal is. In a nutshell, the denser an object, the more radiation that is required to get a really nice x-ray and not all items of tissue are made equal. So metal is really dense, muscle is denser than fat but not as dense as bone, air and lung tissue are not very dense at all. So you can appreciate that the tissue types and the densities affect the dose to the patient. So going back to my point earlier, So why was using the jelly aid such a big problem? Well, jelly used as the positioning aid is quite dense and it's going to mimic this really thick tissue and essentially you're just effectively adding to the density of this patient, increasing their dose, and so more radiation is required to produce these images for the theatre procedure. So once the issue was flagged, a whole team of individuals from different departments and specialties worked together to come up with an alternative solution and that would be good for both of our purposes. So let's now go back to the beginning and see what we do at the Queensland Children's Hospital. Last year,
2: the Queensland Children's Hospital saw 15,500 operations performed in the 14 theatres of the main operating suite. Of these cases, 2,224 require the use of a mobile C-arm or O-arm fluoroscopy unit to provide imaging intraoperatively. These charts show the breakdown of the specialties for both elective and emergency surgery. The main specialties that medical imaging assists with in the suite are general ped, surgery, orthopedics, anesthetics, oncology, gastro, rheumatology, ENT, plastics and urology. We also have a cath lab for cardiac imaging which operates independently. Of the 2200 plus cases that require x-rays, we estimate that around 50% of these will use positioning aids present in the field of view, which is the area that is irradiated. This is important, as all items in the field of view will have a direct impact on both the dose received to the patient, as well as the image quality. So let's have a look at the different types of positioning aids. So these are what our jelly positioning aids look like. You can see they're really dense. Saline bags are also routinely used as positioning aids. Occasionally we have seen rolled up linen or even sandbags used under the patient. So what procedures use positioning aids? Well, all of them actually, but what we are interested in is the procedures where a positioning aid is present on the image. This is a list of the main procedures you commonly see this occur. Most of these procedures, the positioning aids are used to position the patient in a way to assist the surgeon with gaining access to a blood vessel or bone. So we decided to test the positioning aids to determine their effect.
1: So working with our medical physicists, we were able to test both the impact on dose and on image quality. We tested both the jellies and then the foam aids. So medical imaging actually already use foam aids down in our regular department, not in theatre. This graph over here demonstrates the dose rates output by the fluoroscopy units based on what it thinks it needs to produce an adequate image. The green is control, so this is just, if you were to x-ray, no aids in the picture. Then the red and the orange are the jelly aids. And then you can see over in the blue and the purple, this is the foam. If that dotted line was actually where it should be, it would just be slightly over. It's a negligible increase. So on the top row, we have image quality phantom. So the medical physicists use this to determine all sorts of things about the image quality and the dose rate. So what we have in the first picture is the image quality phantom with no positioning aid and then they slowly introduced the jelly aid and this was just for their own benefit of learning how it affected the image quality. So you can see when you gradually increase used in that field of view, so you can still use them, just just don't put them in that region that we're going to be imaging. That really helped. So the use of the aids was raised as agenda items at staff meetings, the findings were added to annual safety discussions and we even had champions which was always good for driving momentum at the Start. So, thanks to all who helped make this project the success it was. Without the whole team working together, the success of the project would never have occurred. This is at a much lower dose. Designing the sponges was actually quite fun as we already use foam positioning aids in our medical imaging department. We got in contact with our supplier and arranged to have the sample foam block come over. From a sample block, we select the foam that was suitable, so there was foam that was too soft, there was foam that was too thick, and there was foam that would show a pattern on the picture, which it just wasn't appropriate for our, our purposes. So after we narrowed it down, we handed it back to the surgical teams, and then they had a narrowed selection to choose from. The next
2: step was working out the sizes and shapes and to draw out measurements. So we went through all of the jellies and asked the surgeons what they used most of. We were able to base the designs and measurements off these. We were able to go one further and design extra sizes so that all age groups were covered. We then drew diagrams and sent them off to the supplier. We had to get them covered from infection control standpoint, and we liaised with IMPs and got the go-ahead to have them covered in vinyl, which is easy to clean, and this is the result. You can see we have a wide range of different sizes and shapes suitable for all ages and procedures. They've been in use for five months now, and we're seeing less and less jellies being used, so with more of these in use, we're seeing a decrease in patient doses as well as better image quality. Of course, we faced some challenges on the way. The main challenge was breaking a habit. When surgeons have been doing things a particular way for a long time that can be a little bit set in their ways and a little bit resistant to change, this is where we needed education and involvement. For a lot of staff, particularly nursing staff, we were able to hold an education session and add it to their radiation safety training. But for the surgeons, we found it most effective, have one-on-one conversations explaining the effect on image quality and dose to the patient. Then we could discuss what, which sponges they found useful and how we could fine-tune the measurements to suit their needs. Once they had involvement, they were more enthusiastic to use them, and this also made it easier for nursing staff to encourage their use. This doesn't mean we have been able to convert everyone, but we are getting there and can confidently say we do have most on board now. We've also had to consider the rotation of staff, such as medical registrars. We get them every six months coming through on their training programs, and we have to make sure that they all receive education as well, particularly because it's most likely different to the hospital that they've just come from. Another challenge was keeping the sponges clean. On a few occasions, we've had blood seep into the stitching and this becomes an infection control issue and they have to be thrown out immediately. So now we are wrapping them in plastic or covering them with a bluey. Patient setup. Initially, we needed to have a radiographer present in the theatre while they were setting up to provide the staff with sponge options. This meant relying on theatre staff to remember to call us, which was not part of their usual processes, and we were often forgotten. And then by the time we arrived, the positioning aid was already in place and couldn't be changed. So it was difficult to get on top of, but with extra communication to the theatre teams prior to surgery, it helped solve the issue. And then we found over time, as the surgeons started getting used to using... the sponges, we weren't required as part of patient preparation anymore.
1: When the phone positioning aids were introduced into clinical practice, the key to their successful integration was education. This was achieved through staff awareness, disseminating key information to both the medical imaging team and the operating theatre team, and addressing the why. So why were we changing the practice? Why was it better for the patient? And why the jelly should not be um, used in that field of view? So you can still use them, just, just don't put them in that region that we're gonna be imaging. Um, that really helped. So the use of the A's was raised as agenda items at staff meetings. The findings were added to annual safety discussions. Um, and we even had champions, which was always good for driving momentum at the start. Um, So thanks to all who helped make this project the success it was. Without the whole team working together, the success of the project would never have occurred. And that's it.
0: (laughs) As always, thank you for listening to our podcast and taking the time to learn about the wonderful work of Queensland's frontline clinicians. To continue the conversation, head on over to Facebook and let us know of any pockets of excellence you think deserve to be showcased. This podcast is proudly brought to you by Clinical Excellence Queensland.